0: Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast where we speak with extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world. I am so excited to have a wonderful person on, Therese Jardine. Hello, Therese. Hello, Heather.
1: (laughs) Happy to be here today.
0: Yay, I am so glad you're on. And uh, Therese, where are you coming to us from?
1: I am coming to you from Woodenville, Washington, where I am just barely up the hill from all of the wonderful wineries.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: That's so fun. What uh, neighborhood are you in? Uh, In Woodinville, it's called Westridge. Yeah. And so I'm right up the hill from uh, San Michelle and Columbia Wineries. Yeah, yeah. And the new and where the Hollywood Schoolhouse and all that stuff is. And so my friends have called it the fox guarding the hen house. I don't know why they would say that. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) awesome. And for all of you, Woodinville is in Washington State, where I used to live long time ago, I spent a lot of time in Woodinville myself. It's where all the wonderful wineries are, so
1: yeah, and we're we're about fifteen miles east of Seattle,
0: yeah, absolutely, and the hot air balloons too, right
1: oh yeah, yep, yeah, we have those in the summer it's yeah. it's it's really pretty cool It's a it's a lovely it's a lovely little community
0: yeah, that's awesome well, and just uh we're recording uh, you know during the working from home uh during covid nineteen and how are you doing over there, therese <laughs>
1: Well, I'm doing okay. Um, it's it's kinda of funny. Uh, you know, I as you know, I'm an extrovert and so being trapped in my house has been a little bit challenging. Um, I love that I have a chance to do something like this today where I get to interact with others. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my son's still home with me, so I have a human that I get to see here and there and um my neighbor has a dog and so periodically we have kind of a afternoon break out on the back and let the dogs mingle while we maintain our social distance. Um, Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's what we have to do though. So I'm, I'm not going to complain. I've got a roof over my head and food on my plate and you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, in, in dire straits. So I'm feeling very, very grateful about that. If this is my biggest problem, then I, I, I think I can overcome it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad everybody is good and safe over there, and it's great. Yeah, and you know, you and I have known each other for goodness a really long time now. Um, a long time, like 2005, six, maybe, maybe even further back. I'm not even sure. Uh, I started. Oh, at, that sounds about
1: right. Because i yeah. i started um, I started managing procurement for events at Microsoft in 2003 or four. I want to say okay yeah yeah. So, yeah it's been it's been a while more yeah, than a decade
0: yeah. I know I know yeah because I started on the SharePoint team back in 2001 so yeah and yep. uh, yeah and Teresa, and I met and tell everybody about what what that means what procurement means because it, it's very uh, a specific word and and it's something that you've done for a really long time and now you're doing in your own business. Well. I
1: am. So, well. um, yeah. plug out for my company. I started strategic event procurement, um, at the first of this year. And, um, my, I'm helping my, my mission is to help event organizers and agencies take the pain out of procurement. Yeah, And so to kind of tee up what procurement is, um, it's, it's actually a very important function within yep. an organization. Um, and, and done right. It's, it's meant to support the business function. So they're responsible, they procurement is responsible for managing, primarily managing the supplier relationships and making sure that the roster of suppliers has the qualifications that are needed and the price point that's representative of their value. And then making sure that, you know, um, diversity and accessibility and, you know, privacy and security and all of those key important things, there are programs that procurement organizations will manage to make sure that the suppliers meet criteria in order to make sure that the brand of the company they're supporting is, is um, maintained and represented. Um, People tend to think of procurement as purchasing and it's not. Um, I used to tell people I, you know, the only POs I ever opened were, for a service that I that I managed as an outsourced service and my business cards, um, right. <laughs> procurement is actually kind of the the framework under which people can do their
0: purchasing. Yeah, and I, I guess I would imagine from your years, gosh, how many how many years were you at Microsoft? Almost eighteen. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You, in,
1: in in dog years, that's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd be hundred. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So the other thing about you is that, you know, because of that, like, you know, so many suppliers and, and have worked on so many big events, all kinds of events, right. All kinds of different oh, yeah. events. So that, you know, like the ins and outs of like what it is to put on a, you know, a giant, you know, event, like you know, some of the Microsoft big tier events and then down to some of those just meetings of, you know, where you have a bunch of executives hanging out at a room time or a meeting or dinner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And it, it, it well, it's certainly at Microsoft, but most companies, you know, it runs the gamut from, yeah from the giant ones all the way down to, you know, the smaller ones that are still important. And, you know, they, um, the the thing that I learned over over the years is that you know the regular payment procure to pay process that everybody thinks about, it it just doesn't work for events. And you know when I was at Microsoft, I spent a lot of time setting up programs and processes so that people could get what they needed quickly, without having to you know want to gouge their eyes out because of you know all the little roadblocks that get put in the way. And right. you know and you know and for suppliers too because. You know, I was mentioning all the programs that procurement will run. They're super important, but they get you know, when, especially for a large company, you know, the the one size fits all. It makes it really hard for suppliers to understand what's really required and comply with it. And you know, I I spent a lot of time while I was there helping suppliers get around that, and and now I'm having I'm having people reach out to me now for help with, you know, how do they stay compliant? How do they keep, how do they put together a calendar to um, know when all these important milestones are coming up and what does it mean when procurement says this thing? And uh, that's been really gratifying.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 super cool. And I mean, I, I think that, you know, all of us who are in the event world, you know, I, I, like, so Therese and I worked together many times because I was a lot of the times a logistics or owner or producer for many events my inside of Microsoft, outside of Microsoft, you know, all of that and did that for a really long time. And I feel like, you know, even with, you know, so many people switching to virtual events, you know, there's still all kinds of things behind the scenes that you want for a virtual event that you would like to duplicate and or try and have, you know, but and, and in-person events will come back eventually. Oh sure there's an interesting component of like, what can you do virtually that you used to, that you were doing in person, you know, and are you having those conversations? I'm sure you are. Um, some, it's,
1: um, you know, for me, the, the virtual portion of events, I mean, I was always, I, I felt like, you know, I feel like Microsoft is probably in a, in a good position because they're, you know, for as long as I could remember, there was a digital component already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for, for a company like Microsoft, they didn't have to start from scratch. Right. Um, really what, what people have been asking me about is, I, I'm I'm being contacted by, you know, the live event agencies who, yeah. you know, when, when you have a 50% upfront and 50% on completion, um, payment structure, um, and the event doesn't happen, you don't get 50% of your fee. Right. And and that's fine if 50% of your cost and work happens on site. But if it doesn't, right, then you really need to be looking at your for, for future, be looking at your payment milestones so that you're aligning your, your payments with the with the rhythm of the work.
0: Yeah. Um, you know,
1: and so I've I've given a few people some advice on you know, let's, let's look at your payments and and let's look at how you're setting this. And then, you know, of course you're always going to have a final invoice because you can't, you know, you can't know what's going to happen on site, but you can, you know, suppliers can reduce their risk by being a little more rigorous about how they go about, you know, setting up their payment milestones to make, to actually match their work.
0: Yeah. Um, Doesn't that apply to kind of everybody in a way too? It's like, I think uh, I'm thinking about just small businesses where you have say a deposit up front, right. And then maybe there's a mid payment because you do it by time, right. You kind of, like, here's a front deposit a mid, And then at the end, when in actuality, the buy the milestone or by a deliverable or by when you give something over to be a payment structure is probably safer for risk. Right.
1: Sure. And, and, that's yeah. I think, and I think for both corporations and the suppliers, yeah. You know, most of the time that's how I would see things structured. But you know, I, I've, like I said, I've had a couple people come to me and say, mm, "I wonder if we should look at this differently." And I would say to them, <laughs> "Yes, I think we should." Yeah. Um, so that, that's that's definitely something that's going to come out of out of all of this, you know. And, and I've had a few people say, "Well, what do you think is?" You know, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the one thing I know is contracts are, you know, particularly for venues are going to be, I'm sure all of every legal department in the world is pulling out their contract templates and scraping through them to make sure that they've got better definition around pandemic and um, curtailment of transport and, you know, government you know, mandates and, you know, does a a stay-at-home advisory count or does it have to be a stay-at-home order, you know, for example? Right. Um, You know, so that's going to be, I I can see that, especially in my space, I can see that coming. Um, You know, one of the things that I, you know, that I I did at Microsoft was I put in place a strategic meeting management program. um, And the benefit of that was, Almost always, there were a few exceptions, but almost always we were able to use a standard template for the contract mm-hmm. and so I, you know I'm no longer there, but I know just from talking to the team and knowing what i what we've gone through in in previous cancellations, it's difficult for sure, but we could put you know that you could pretty easily pull up your, all of your contracts because you know where and when your meetings and events are taking place, and you know that with very few exceptions. The cancellation terms or the force majeure clauses or whatever are going to be the same, and so you can mm-hmm. you can kind of recognize and and address your risk or financial exposure more in mass. For companies that don't have a program like that, I I just feel so badly for them because they're mm-hmm. you know their legal departments are probably they're probably here's where the rubber is going to meet the road because all of those events that were kind of running around under the radar are suddenly not going to be under the radar anymore. And you know, it, it, it's, it's painful now, but good will come of it for them later, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. And I'm sure there's lots of like, no matter what company it is there, those are, it's like legal implications, risk implications and, and yeah. And you know,
1: well yeah and there's there's actually a strategy for yeah. managing your cancellations because you know you've got you've got to have a a communications plan yeah. and you know you've got to if you're in an organization where there's a three hundred sixty degree relationship you need to make sure that the people who are you know inside your organization that are managing the relationship with the hotel chain for for instance that you're Going to be delivering bad news to. They need to know about it so they don't get blindsided. And you know there are, you know, you know, if it's going to happen in the public sector, then you need to be aware of what the PR implement implications of that might be. So you know, having a having a a strategy and a checklist of of all of the things that need to happen is super important.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Where did you? let's let's go let's go back a little bit. where did you come up uh and in getting into you know working at Microsoft and all of that where how did that happen
1: oh my gosh um <laughs> so long ago in a galaxy far away i my first job out of college uh, i was working for a chemical distribution company as a financial wow. analyst wow yes and during that, I, one of my first jobs or first tasks, I suppose, was to compile the operating budget for that company. And this is, I'm old. So this was before Windows was invented. And it was actually before um, Excel was invented. So we were doing this on Lotus. Wow. And the way we were, the way we were compiling the, the, these budgets was we were appending files. And I kind of looked at my coworker. And I looked at my boss and I was like, you realize there's a better way to do this. And, and he's like, well, get through it now. And then talk to me about it later. And and what came of that was I was given a budget to create a budgeting system. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that I ended up doing two of them for that company. And then I moved on. And um, over the years, I ended up working for another financial or a financial systems company where I was implementing these budgeting, um, implementing budgeting tools. And in the meantime, we moved, we'd gone to New Jersey to, for my now ex-husband's job, and we moved back to Seattle. And one of the people that I met when I was at the chemical company, um, he was, he was working for Arthur Anderson, (laughs) back when it was Arthur Anderson. Um, And he And I had to work together to upload the budget onto the mainframe, and so we, you know, wow. we were kind of comrades in arms. Yes, this was back in 1988, 89, 90, right? So, yep. this is yeah, like, yeah. people are going to be thinking you dragged me out of the boneyard, but
0: <laughs> not at all. Come on,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know times have changed so much. Right. Anyway, when, when we got back here to Seattle, I reached out to his name is Mike Huber, I reached out to him, and he was at Microsoft by then, and um. And in the meantime, I had actually started up my own little consulting business because the company that I was working for, you know, they expected all of their people to travel. And I was like, well, I'm not going to travel because I had little kids. And um, we ended up working it out where I took clients from them on an independent basis. So um, I've done the self-employed thing before. Um, Anyway, Mike, uh, Mike either I reached out to him or he reached out to me. And there was an opportunity at Microsoft. And so... I got hired, and my first day was um, New Year's Eve, two thousand and one. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy?
0: <laughs> That's amazing! Wow!
1: But it gets weirder. So I yeah. um, I was hired to implement a reporting system to support procurement. So I was actually in in the finance side of things, um, and and our main stakeholder was the marketing procurement director. And, you know, we worked pretty closely. And then, um, lo and behold, he ended up having a category manager position open up for events. Mm-hmm. And I applied for it and got it. And that's how I got to where I am today. Isn't that crazy?
0: Wow. Yeah, but that's, I guess, that's not that, like, kind of makes it, But it's like, it's always, it, it is a little bit about people, right? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's about people and technology, really. Because, yeah. you know, I mean, I started out introducing technology to this, you know, very traditional, old school, old boys club company, um, and bringing them along on the journey a little bit. And then, you know, and then roles that I took subsequent to that was, um they were primarily technology driven, but I was always on kind of the front end and, and putting the human face on it. So yeah, um, you know, and then, and then to land in events, you know, and it's funny, I, I just, I, I don't think I'll ever go anywhere else because it's just such a cool, it's just such a cool place to, to deploy my skills, I suppose, yeah. you know, cause I've got the finance background, but then I've got, you know, I mean, geez, 16 years of procurement experience. That's always been dedicated solely to, uh, to events.
0: Yeah, no kidding, wow, yeah. I remember putting, uh, bringing the first PC into the Universal Film Exchange, which was yeah. Universal Pictures. And I worked in this funny little office in Dallas, Texas, uh, with my friend Dennis, shout out to Dennis, and the, uh, what was his name? Truett, Mr. Truett Hall. And I said to him, because I was working on one of those like computer screens that were like black and orange, no, yeah yeah. i had mine was black and green yeah black and green black and orange mm-hmm. black and green. yeah and literally a film would come out from la and come into my territory and i had this giant ledger book that i used a pencil in and i would uh-huh. write lowe's meridian and then like write a line and then i would write you know lowe's blah 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 or whatever it was like jurassic park and like billy madison and stuff and and then i was having, and i finally said to him i was like can we get a pc and he's like darling i don't well what will we use it for and i was like everything and he finally allowed me to i think it might have been like 350 bucks or something like that and we bought a pc and had it in there and it was like this anomaly and i was the only one who really knew how to use it so i yeah i get you you know oh my gosh yeah i (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i was a film you know so it's so funny but pictures but yeah um, so where, where was that financial plan? Like, where'd you go to school?
1: College? Uh, I went to school, um, at Boise State University. Oh, okay. Go Broncos. Uh, yep. I grew up in Idaho. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So I grew up in Idaho, um, in, in farming country. And, you know, my mom was a single mom most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I had my, I was, I was working when I was 12. Wow. Yeah. And, uh you know, so came up with the, the good old fashioned work ethic. And, yeah, you know, I knew I was, I knew I didn't want to stay there the rest of my life. And so the only way to not stay there the rest of my life was to go to school. And I put myself through uh, BSU, I made it through in four years. And I did have help along the way. But you know, most of it was most of it was me and I, I worked part-time during school and full-time in the summers and, you know, took out student loans and paid them all back. And, you know, and then when I graduated, I, I, well, I was dating somebody who lived up here, but I, even before I was dating him, I was pretty sure I wanted to move out of the Boise area Mm -hmm. to get started in my career. And so I, I don't know, I think it was eight days after graduation, I put everything (laughs) that I, that I could fit, that I wanted to keep in in the size U-Haul trailer that my little trusty Subaru <laughs> station wagon used to be called, affectionately called the goldfish, um, uh, that
0: could, could pull. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which was, was a pretty tiny little trailer. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh,
0: wow, I bet. One of those little U-Hauls from the back of the car. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yep, yep. Wow. So, so, wild. Yeah. So that's how I ended up in Seattle. And then, um, you know, I came here, I had no job. And I think I had about 500 bucks left um, in my student loan account. And so I had to hit the bricks hard. Um, And that's where I ultimately ended up at at the chemical distribution company. Uh um, Somewhere I have a picture of me with my eel skin, hard-sided briefcase and my, um, my, it gets better, my wool gabardine suit and my silk blouse with the big fluffy bow tie.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) I really wanted to put that in the show notes but yeah no I yeah no I we, yeah that was part of it you know the, the I, I think about how I used to dress you know for for work and stuff and it's like it's just oh various you know the power like, suits you know I mean power suits and yes shoulder pads and the <laughs> and like all that stuff this is like what
1: pantyhose and pumps I know it yuck
0: no (laughs) thank you yeah no no no, nope 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 and I know I know you have a huge passion as well um you've been working with um the little bit therapeutic writing center for everybody for for years will you tell everybody about that too well
1: I I've been giving money to them for years um my my time was limited until um more recently, but yeah, Yeah. I've been actually doing hands-on volunteering with them since uh, I want to say October. Okay. Um, And they're, they're pretty close to where I live. So it's, it's easy to get over there and it's, they've got, it's a pretty amazing program and it, and it's killing me right now because they're, they're shut down. Yeah. Um, You know, and so it's hitting them double whammy because, you know, they're a nonprofit and the, um, you know, the students that, come and and get their writing lessons really pay just a fraction of mm. of what it costs but it's still you know it's still revenue that they're just not getting right now and and yeah. double double whammy was the the gala fundraising raising auction that was supposed to happen on may 2nd mm. um, they've turned it into an online auction and they're still going to do a video okay. um, presentation um, on may 2nd but you know for for all your listeners if if you 've got the means to continue to support at least one of your favorite nonprofits um, yeah. please do um, you know sometimes it maybe you can't give money, but if you can give time mm-hmm. it's it's really um, it's really important and you know another another organization that I've donated time and money to is Habitat for Humanity yeah um, and and they're I, I, I saw an article today from them um, they're considered essential so they're able to continue building oh, wow. yeah. their affordable housing uh they can't take volunteers but but they they are able to with their employees and the americorps people they're able mm-hmm. to continue working on the homes so wow. um, that's that's super important um yeah you know and, and that's you know i mean we're all kind of hampered right now because we can't yeah. go anywhere to speak mm-hmm. of but yeah. my my other little thing that i'm doing it's partly for myself but also for you know, the local economy is I'm, I'm trying to get takeout at yeah. least once, you know, it's usually, and it's, it's tonight's the night, um, you know, <laughs> to, cause you know, I mean, I want to, I want to make sure that, that these restaurants that are at least trying to do some level of service have, you know, have patrons. And yeah so, yeah, but I, it's funny, I've gotten pretty creative with my cooking. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think people are eating like all the things that were in the back of their you know pantries and stuff too. It's like you know, pull out that can of beets that's probably been in there a long time and either eat it or look at the date you know <laughs> get rid of it you know oh yeah you God. know yeah.
1: i I'm actually in pretty good shape that way because i you know i i don't i think you know i i moved two years ago um but Prior to moving into this place, I um, I had sold my farm that I owned for eighteen Dang. odd years, yeah. and all my stuff was in storage for almost a year. And so I started out with with a fresh pantry, so none of my stuff is expired. But it's it's really prompted me to dig and find recipes that I haven't used in a long time so that's been that's been good
0: yeah
1: Um, and I'm actually it's funny people are talking about you know gaining the COVID-19 yeah I've heard that
0: too I think I've said that but yeah
1: I've been I've been actually pretty good about that I mean I haven't I haven't gone on any you know eating jacks but you know like you like you you know I've been working from home yeah for a long time anyway, so oh. you know for me the the hard part is just you know the you know the happy hours are gone, and the in person meetings are gone and that kind yeah. of, thing.
0: yeah, oh. absolutely, although I think the happy hours for me it's like everybody that I've ever known ever wants to have a happy hour,
1: oh, I know the zoom happy hours those are there, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, Oh, uh, okay. You know, it's like, yeah, it's just funny. I'm like, we haven't talked in like 10 years, but cool. Let's do it. Like, I'm like, okay, this is great. You know, but yeah, no. And I love what you said about, you know, supporting nonprofits, if you can right now, and also the, you know, and getting takeout. I mean, once a week, if, like, I think it's super important and I'm doing similar things and I just, yeah, it's it the, the things are odd right now and the world has changed and changing and it's going to continue to do so so supporting you nonprofits know, and you know all of our beautiful wonderful restaurants that we love and all that kind of stuff is super important so thank you for bringing that up i appreciate yes
1: that. well you, yes and and you as well because you yeah. you're the one that teed up a little bit um yeah. and yeah and that one that one's great because they've just got all these horses and
0: yeah and it's a it's a writing center where kids can go, do writing lessons, and it's all about you know therapies using horses and and learning about them, and it, it's taking care of them, right, and writing, and sort of all the good things that you do with with dealing with wonderful animals, right?
1: Yeah, and most of the students. Um well, you know, I'll just put a plug in, littlebit.org is the yeah. website, so sure. people can go and check out all the horses, and, and there's a couple of videos of, of some of the featured students, and it t- talks about the mission, um, you know, but there there are students with, you know, physical disabilities, there are students with, you know, autism or other kinds of learning disabilities, and it's so amazing to see how getting on a horse is will transform them. Yeah. So, and I, I have an affinity for that because I own a horse myself and so yeah. I know how yeah. I feel when I get on my horse. And right. so yeah. for these, for these students to have, you know, this, this little cut out of their day is, is pretty cool. Yeah.
0: That's super cool. And so for, um you know, the business, jumping back into your new business um, yes. that's just started. So what are you finding? I mean, I would think that, obviously you, you've created a website and all of that, which I've seen and, you know, but you also know a ton of people. So for you, what's been some of the biggest learnings of like getting a website going and where are you finding clients and how's it working? Everybody, you know, people who listen are definitely from small business to enterprise, but I'm always interested in sort of marketing and and brand and, and how, how, how it was to set things up.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I, I got help from um, our good friend, Alicia Thornburg for my branding. So wow. she helped me come up with my logo and my color scheme and all of that. Yeah. Um, um, and I'll be transparent. I bootstrapped my website, so I um, <laughs> I took a LinkedIn learning class on how to build a website on WordPress. And you know, my my goal is eventually to have it have it done professionally. Um, yeah. but I, I needed to have you know at least a little bit of web presence. Yeah. Um, so I've I've learned. I mean, the things that I've learned in, in the last six months, eight months have been you know really. Just like the nuts and bolts of of how do you set up an entity and yeah, what filings do you need to do and you know where can you go for legal support and just lots and lots and lots of things. Um, so that's been that's been really kind of eye opening and I've I've told people you know I've been around marketing a lot you know I mean you can't be around events without being around marketing and you yeah. know and and Microsoft is obviously one of the biggest marketing engines in the world, um, but I've never done marketing. Right. So I, you know, I'm having to learn about SEO and, and all those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, a resource that I'm really leaning on though is LinkedIn. And that's been where I've been getting a lot of visibility. Um, I actually had, a, a, a who became a client reach out to me, you know, just as a connection on LinkedIn. And it turns out they, they knew somebody that knew me from Microsoft. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's, that's kind of where, uh, you know, my current clients are coming out of the woodwork is is yeah. suppliers that I used to work with at Microsoft, and or yeah. people who heard from me through suppliers that used to work with me at Microsoft. Ah, yeah. Um. You know. And so I'm trying to. I'm putting together. Um. I'm putting together a procurement tune-up package oh, cool. that I can offer. So, um. You know. I can take your. Your terms and conditions, business terms. I can, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't give legal advice. But you know, look at at things like your payment milestones, and you know what what kinds of um, requirements you're going to put on your clients in order to get things done. Um, and then making sure that you've got an inventory of all of the compliance programs you need to comply with, and you know which client it belongs to, what's the program you know who do you reach out to for help when's the next when's the next thing due because you know anybody who's worked at Microsoft you know they've got this SSPA which is the supplier security privacy assurance program if you miss a milestone on that they turn off your ability to get a purchase order mm. until you fix it right you know and that's you know i mean that's deadly because you know no purchase order no work um right. you know and then and and then finally the you know a lot of Well, I mean, even when I was at Microsoft, people would come to me and ask me for feedback on their RFPs, and so I'm offering um, that as a service that, you know, either I can, as as part of the tune-up, I would look at uh, the last RFP where you didn't win the business, and kind of just do a, I'll call it a postmortem on it and and just give some suggestions on what maybe I would have done differently. Um, But then, you know, the next time you have a proposal you know, why not have your friend, the teacher review it before you hand it in to the professor, right? Um, (laughs) That's that's kind of a, kind of an old fashioned way of describing it. But, you know, I, when I was at Microsoft, I looked at hundreds, if not thousands of RFP responses and, you know, there were some really, really good ones, and there were some that were kind of grown worthy. And you know, if I can help somebody get their proposal from bordering on grown worthy to really, really good, then mm. you know that would help them win some more business. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, you know, and then on on the flip side, and I, 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 it just kind of I think by coincidence, I've been talking more with suppliers lately. But you know, there are a lot of companies out there. You know, going back to what I was saying earlier about having a strategic meeting management program you know i i'm sure that when the dust settles from all these cancellations they're gonna get religion and figure out that they need to have something like that and that's you know that's in my wheelhouse and and something mm-hmm. that i'm i'm looking to expand
0: into right cool that's super cool i love that yeah i, I like all the stuff that you're doing really it sounds super interesting it's like i i I'm happy. I'm so happy we're having a podcast chat, but also just yeah. to tell everybody about what you're doing. Cause I think it's super important. It's sometimes it's that stuff that people just don't even think to take, you know, to uh, like, how about you double check your stuff before you send it out or before you,
1: you know, Oh, well, I I put an article, I put an article on LinkedIn and you know, about the three deadly mistakes for, yeah. you know, RFP responses. And I'm not kidding. One of the RFP responses that I got, or at least one of them still had the bracket insert client name here.
0: Oh, goodness.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I was just like, oh, <laughs> whoops, guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that was kind of one of my tips is don't use boilerplate answers, but you know, answer the question. Just make sure you yeah. be yourself, answer the question. So, yeah. um, makes
0: sense.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm we're we're at our last question. How about okay, that? exciting time. So I asked this of everyone, and uh, it's about I'm very interested in moments and sparks in our lives, and what like you know we had this great talk about you know how where you came and how you came up in the you know and getting to today, and is there a, you know person place thing something that really kind of seats you in who you are today in this moment. You
1: know, um, I'm going to say it was my, my early life circumstances. Yeah. We were very poor. Mm. I mean, you know, we, we had free and reduced lunch and my mom was on, um, there used to be a program from the federal government from the, it was called the farm home administration where your mortgage payment was based on your income. Mm. You know, and so I was lucky we lived in a farming area. We never went hungry because we had a garden and we had lots of farmers and ranchers who, you know, gave us extras and things like that. that but what came out of that, and I'm actually grateful, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm not, you know, that I, I feel um like I got shorted because what what that gave me was grit and tenacity and optimism.
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, that upbringing that I had, you know, you you work first, you play later. Although I'm starting to play a lot more these days, just because. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, if you can't give somebody your word and follow through on it, then what good is it, right? Um, yeah. Those those things are what I think have brought me to where I am today, and I'm and I'm proud to be able to say that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's super cool, Therese. That's yeah. I mean. Work ethic and where you come from and all of that for sure. That's super. Well,
1: and and, and I w- I want to focus on the optimism. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I am a yeah. glasses half full kind of a gal.
0: Yeah, you are. That's for <laughs> sure. no, no. I mean, I've, I've known you a long time, and you definitely. have yeah. And the problem right. solving thing, like I, I oh like, gosh, right. I feel like that event people who work in events, especially, I sort of I, I like events, but I and even like Burning Man and theater, you know, it's like our on the fly and MacGyvering abilities are like giant, you know?
1: And, you know, and that's true. And, and I've, I've seen kind of the glimmer of, of the event industry coming out to help with um, with COVID-19. I mean, you yeah. see, you know, Javits center being transformed into a field hospital and mm-hmm. here, even in Washington state, central Link field, that was also temporarily converted into a field hospital. And most of those you know, and, and and then there's a tent company. I saw an article in Inc. that I'm going to post up on LinkedIn here pretty quick, but, you know, a tent company that normally does branded tents for Red Bull or, you know, experiential events pivoted on a dime and made um, drive-through testing. Yeah. Facilities with, you yep. know, with signage and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it's, I, I, I hope that we keep doing that because I think, you know, to your point, being able to pivot on a dime and MacGyver, the, crap out of things is um it's what we do and that's what we need right now
0: yeah absolutely yeah
1: <laughs> so yes. shout out shout out to all of our fellow um uh, event folks that are that are able to do that and and i've raised my hand um through another organization you know that i'll do um work pro bono to to so yeah. move that along if needed. And, and um, you know, I mean, we've got to do what we can do to get the industry going again. And, well, not just the industry going again, but get us back to a place where we can all be safe in the world again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is for sure. Uh, a truer word's not spoken. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is great. Thank you so much for sharing your story and talking about your, your business and your history and stuff. It's super cool. I always learn so much about people on podcasts. Either that I either know really well or even don't know, I'm always like, What? Oh, wow! Yeah,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, who, who yeah. know that the Jardine started out in the chemical industry, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <That's> awesome. <laughs> but look, look what happened, it's awesome! Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, well, Heather, this was great fun!
0: Good, I'm glad, yay, absolutely, you're wonderful, and um, it's just thank you for what you're doing in the world. I know you help a lot of people. And I'm excited for your new business and everyone we will put all the links to Therese's business in the show notes and the little bit that we referenced and everything so that you can see all of that. But yeah, I appreciate your time as always. And thank you for being such a great friend and colleague. So you've helped me, Therese has helped me so much during my career, uh, guiding me on a lot of things that I've had questions on and we've worked through some really interesting projects together so i
1: appreciate that oh and that. you gave me a lot of great guidance on on uh, partner marketing
0: <laughs> yeah you bet you bet so that's yes, better together uh,
1: comrades in ours <laughs> <laughs>
0: absolutely so all right all right well thank you so much Therese. It's great. thank you okay welcome all right everybody that has been another episode of the mavens do it better podcast Here's to another big, beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere where I hope we are all staying safe and healthy. Thanks a lot, everybody. Talk to you next time. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.